Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for July has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is Victor Agreta Jr. He's the editor-in-chief of the unofficial Apple weblog, a comedian, a magician, and a dad. All together. How's it going, Victor? Pretty good, Brett. How are you doing? I am... I'm good. I'm good, aside from this airport extreme. Driving me nuts. They're extremely annoying sometimes. I can't... I didn't have problems for years, and all of a sudden... Man. I even I even rolled back my, my firmware... On uh, Marco's suggestion, yeah. For do a you while. do you still have an old machine where you can get into like the advanced settings and whatnot? I don't know what you mean. Well, you know, airport the airport utility changed so that you can't get in and mess with a lot of the some of the specific timings and a lot of the advanced stuff that really yeah, I don't, no, for I can't whatever do that. Yeah, see, that's so annoying. Ah, oh, it's all right. Not that I know what any of that is, but I can Google it and, you know. Right. <laughs> Ones and zeros. That's right. Cool. So so your your primary um, uh, vocation would be editor at the Unofficial Apple Weblog. That's the day job. That's the right. The day job. And uh, let's talk about that for a second. How long have you been doing that? <clears throat> I've been doing that uh, nigh on seven years now, as a matter of fact. Were you a writer before that? Uh, I was. As a matter of fact, I wasn't good enough to be on Tua at first. CK and I think Lori and um, someone else, maybe Fabian, I think that they weren't quite sure of me at first or they didn't have a head count. I don't know which, but uh, I was the top rated commenter on Tua and then I was a launch blogger for Download Squad. I ended up writing on Download Squad first and then moved over to Tua like a few months later. I got hired at one point to write on Download Squad. I don't think I ever wrote a single post. I think you wrote like one post. Maybe. <laughs> I remember, that's how I met Grant Robertson, who's a great guy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Grant. And uh, it's uh, yeah, he's doing fantastic right now. He's up in Manhattan. And Christine has been on the show. They got married. Yep. That's right. Uh, happily ever after. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, Download Squad disappeared then. It's it, well, you know, it, it lives on in a in a subdomain far away. It's in uh, it's Switch, Switch now. Yeah, downloadsquad.com, which I wish we could rectify. <laughs> Wait, but, though, isn't Switch gone too? Yeah, Switch is gone too. So, in fact, what's <laughs> funny is that you see the content in this container that says Huffington Post Tech <laughs> that is above all the other content pushed down. Oh, it's 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 great. It's like the timeline of AOL. <laughs> there should be some Bebo share buttons in there somewhere. <laughs> so, okay. So, so now you are editor. You went from top rated commenter to editor. Yes. And many bloodless coups. And, and do you love it? I love it. Actually, you know, I was just thinking about this last week and we've had a bunch of people. This is, you know, these are the dog days of summer. It's a lot of people take vacations. Uh, there's just, not a lot of tech, especially right now, there's not a lot of tech news. It's right before the back-to-school swing picks up. And so I was thinking, you know, A, and I've been listening to a few back episodes of Systematic and, and all the people talking about how nice it is to work at home. And so I've been reconfiguring my office to be more amenable to some of the things that I've been planning. These are really great planning times. But I think if I worked in an office it's hard for me to have that time to like, you know, redo my office or, or reconfigure things to plan ahead. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, I, I, I love it. We've got an amazing team, of course. So it's even all the more painful when people are on vacation, but. <laughs> so I'm curious, what did you do to your office? I, I moved my desk. In front of, I have some wire shelves, those big like steel baker shelves, right? Sure. And I have a bunch of tools and whatnot. It actually, look, what's funny is that it kind of looks a lot like what Mike Rose's office looked like at his previous job at MJM because he had all this gear, all this equipment that they would use on location. So I've got cables and I've got hard drives and I've got 
uh, magnetic media and you know solid state media and tape and drills and puppets and Legos. When you say tape, you mean like duct tape? I, I have painter's tape, which is really handy for sticking things up when you need it to stay, but not leave a mark. So I have a lot of uh, paint in my house. I, I meant it as opposed to magnetic storage devices. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> okay. Magnetic tape. That's Run out in the tape garage. backups every night. That's right. No, that's out in the garage, actually. I, I do have <laughs> some old artifacts. Oh, wow. I used to, that was my first job. My, no, I should say it was my first tech job. What, running tape backups. Tape? Oh, gosh. For, tape a design, uh, for a design firm. Such humble beginnings. Now, how long ago was that? Wow, that would have been 94, 93, 94. Oh, man. Those were good times. That was back when you pretty much just had to know how to connect a, a printer and you could be someone's IT department. Yeah, to some extent. But I mean, not, you know, it wasn't yeah. quite that bad, but. Well, there were some, there, like, networking was never any better back then, that's for sure. <laughs> that's very true, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I, I walked around at, at, I'd go in at about midnight, and between midnight and 3 a.m., I would just walk from computer to computer and plug in tapes and then run, what was that program on Mac? Retrospect. Retrospect, yeah, run Retrospect. And in the meantime, I would teach myself Photoshop. That's awesome. And Illustrator. And that's how I got into art school. Good story. That's pretty great. And I found $5. <laughs> so so this has been a really random that? conversation so far. Well, you know, what, what else are we going to talk about? I talk about Apple stuff all day, so I'm a pretty boring guy. I, I don't find you boring in the least. Um, <laughs> You're scraping the bottom of the barrel of your bread. Sorry. Not at all. <laughs> no, in fact, in fact, seeing you twice a year in San Francisco is kind of a highlight for me. You're, you're one of the, you and Mike Rose are two of my favorite people to go see. Mike's fantastic. And Mike's been on the show. I know I was uh, looking at the geek parent stuff that he refers to, but uh, yeah, that, that that's just like one of the team people like yourself as well. I got introduced to you through Dave Chartier. Right. And um, you know, and, and he was also a launch blogger at download squad and, you know, our lead editor at the time, speaking of, uh, was not Grant. I think when, when you came on board, Grant was there. But the guy who actually launched Download Squad is a guy named Mark Purton, who you might have heard of He's recently. Back. That's right. And so it's sort of the circle is coming, coming back around. I feel like I'm on the wheel of fortune. <laughs> click, click, click. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I lost my train of thought. Because you mentioned Mark Purton, and I'm good for thinking that. about the whole Engadget situation, but we're not going to get into that right now. Um, let's talk about let's talk about comedy. Okay, sure. So when you're not editing your evenings, I suppose your free time, you do stand up. I've I've done some stand up comedy. Uh, this started right after I split up with my wife, as these things often do. And what better time for comedy, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's, there's probably not a comic alive that won't tell you there's, you know, there's no therapeutic use for comedy. There clearly is plenty of therapeutic use of, uh, of being, uh, doing any kind of stand up, really. And so I don't know if it was that or if it was the fact that pretty much everyone in my high school yearbook signed, you should be a comedian, and then their name. <laughs> well, they weren't being sarcastic, were they? Uh, I would hope not. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I took it seriously. A little more often than that, yeah. But <laughs> I was not wearing the kangaroos all the time. Uh, but that's a vague reference. But that uh, too, are you talking about the shoes, the ruse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, shoes. Was I was vague. trying to. I was thinking of something else. Oh, the garanimals too. I knew somebody who wore garanimals, but that's a, that's a whole other. Thing. A, isn't that um, underwear? No, it's like a pants. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like slacks for young men and boys. Hmm. <laughs> I remember the name. I can't remember what they were. That was from the eighties, though, wasn't it? Or early the 90s? late eighties, yeah, yeah, early nineties, right? Um. Okay. So, so anyway, yeah. So I started doing this as a lark. I, you know, from being at Tua actually, but also from teaching. I have no problem being in front of 
people and public speaking and all of that. So I figured, what the heck, I'll try it. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm somewhat witty at times. So I figured, well, let's try this thing out. And I actually did pretty well. I got into the top 10 of a like local semi-regional comedy contest and, uh, I've been booked a couple of times to do some things. I got recently, I got to perform comedy magic in front of the mayor. So that was fun. And that was blending the magic thing, which I know we've talked about, which I don't think I've done magic tricks for almost anyone, uh, at work. Yeah. That can be awkward with coworkers. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and especially if I screw it up. So, but the, um, not only, but then if I don't screw it up, then you think that I'm, you know, Satan or something. So that, that gets awkward as well, but I would never burn you at the stake. Okay, good, good. Cause, uh, you never know until you've seen some of the tricks that I do, but, uh, but yeah, the mixing and comedy and magic, which I swore I would never do. And then that's pretty much how I ended. I've sort of, I'm semi-retired right now. I will say that. From comedy magic. Yes. Okay. From both, actually. Is there an is there a word for that aside from comedy slash magic? You know, we were having magic. I was having this debate with someone recently. Everyone has these. Oh, I can't remember. There was a funny one I saw recently. What I build myself as in middle school because I did do a little bit of clowning and juggling and magic. If you can imagine me being a clown, it's hard to imagine. No, uh, I I know some clowns that I would never guess were clowns if I didn't see them in makeup. I wasn't really the happiest clown, but at, at, at any rate. So few are. Yeah, well, there's that, right? <laughs> uh, but I build myself as an amusionist. I like that. That's way better than comedian. Comedian, yeah. So I, uh, I don't oh, I know. I like that I, a lot, actually. Uh, amusionist. Um, yeah, you should get that on a business card. Well, I have a bunch of gold labels that have my old address from when I was uh, 13. <laughs> Printed on them, so back when it was okay to put your address, <laughs> when a thirteen-year-old could put their address on something. Yes, yeah, no kidding. <sighs> wow, wow. So, so comedy and magic kind of hand in hand for you in general, or do you do non-comedic magic shows and non-magic com- comedy shows? I do. You're right. Yeah, I have the two split. I mean, I really that was only a, a matter of convenience for me because I found that I wasn't spending enough time on either or. So I figure, well, let me try to combine these two because the thing I like about comedy is I always I just like writing jokes like there's there's kind of a therapeutic aspect, just even jokes, not about like my foibles or anything, but just jokes in general. I read an interview with Jack Handy recently that was really interesting because he talked about that, too, about he's sort of searching for the perfect joke. And I've always felt like that sort of it. it. There's a Monty Python sketch about the world's funniest joke, you know, that, that was killing people and whatnot. And it's kind of <laughs> like that. It's like you you want this sort of perfect symmetry in a joke. You know, why do you write music, right? Uh, you know, but then there's the magic side. The thing I like about magic is the routining and trying to fit different tricks together and and sequence them. And that's almost like composing or arranging music. Sure. Um, and so or the building two, a mixtape, which is or, an art yeah, in and of itself. Exactly. Yeah. Or even in my case, the comedy and the magic, and you know, I love mashups and it's like, this is the perfect mashup opportunity because I'm taking jokes that I've created that are standalone things maybe, but then adding this spin to them with magic. So, you know, it becomes a really interesting intellectual exercise for creativity. And, you know, that's pretty much what I've been doing with it. As an aside, I think you were you were the first person to introduce me to booty. I, I mean that as best of booty, not like <laughs> the booty, booty in general. Guys, yeah, yeah. That's and you a took cool, me to a show. That was really cool. That was the wildest thing too, because Steve Jackson was there, and he's the guy who runs Steve Jackson Games and creates Illuminati card game, the Munchkin card game, which is very very popular. Uh, a few others like Cosmic Encounter and GURPS which I, I highly recommend GURPS. We've started getting into games uh, with my kids and tabletop games and board games and whatnot. But Munchkin is a good one. That's a good card game. It's real popular. Uh, Will Wheaton plays a lot of it. But the uh, GURPS is this, it's called Generic Universal Role-Playing System. 
And it literally is a system of generic rules that you could apply to a an old Western role playing game, a you know Hitchcock type thing, a, a futuristic D and D, you know, all these different sorts of game genres. And it's got this one set of rules that you can use then to create characters and build a combat system and everything else. Wow! Yeah, the guy's a genius. <laughs> that was tangential. Yeah, games. So there you go. <laughs> well, magic and games are always put in the same damn section of the Toy Story. It, it irritates me. Can I? Can I tell you? Can I warn you about something? Mm. This is this is as tangential as it could possibly get. But don't ever look up Justin Bieber, uh, Lady Gaga, and the Illuminati at the same time on YouTube. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. It, it's a rap. There are these people that have time to play pop songs backwards and then make up the words that they think are being said as if any pop star had the forethought to sing lyrics backwards and put in secret messages. It's a, uh, it, it is regular comedic fodder for some of my friends to pretty much look up anything on YouTube associated with Illuminati that's <laughs> not in an ironic vein. It's horrible. You know, yeah, these people are dead serious. And they'll find references in, in anything, you know, Quisp cereal, uh, you know. Yeah, no, and there's this guy, I forget his name, Mike Dick or something like that. I'll, I'll find him. But, yeah, he does, like, whole rants about what, uh, what garish, in other words, for prostitution uh, and he'll just start like he'll just rant on on Keisha Kesha yeah. or Lady Gaga or Wake Up People, Katy Perry. Like he just he does them all. Like he he has a rant for every one of them. Weird Al, yeah, and Wake Up People. He says that Barnes and Barnes. Yeah, <laughs> he I, lists, they always in say his wake credits. Up. In his credits, he lists that he's been a he's been on the Hannity Show, uh, Glenn Beck, and other Fox News shows. As a caller, as an irate caller. Oh, wow. <laughs> I played irate caller number four. <laughs> okay, so back to, yes. let's see, we went through uh, booty, back to mashup, back to, oh, magician and comedian. Yep. And there's full circle again. That's right. No, that's just backtracking. That's just backtracking a little bit. We haven't right talked on. about the bar. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. That's, that's block two. In fact... It's 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 about time for a sponsor script. I'll try to make this exciting. So our first sponsor today is Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy for you to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code FIREWORKS. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have great designs for you to start with and myriad customization possibilities so you can customize your own identity. I I rewrote that and I put customize in there twice in the same sentence because I went back and edited and didn't read it. I need an editor. Um, sorry, Squarespace takes care of hosting SEO and even provides responsive designs to make sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And while you're there, make sure you go check out their new homepage, too. It has beautiful videos that show you how Squarespace fits everyone differently. Make sure you click the little arrows on the side so you can check out all the cool videos. Squarespace is always updating their site with inspiring new branding. As I mentioned, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required. If you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Make sure you get 10% off and support Systematic by using the offer code FIREWORKS. Go check out Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. So, you've had this idea uh, that you've, you've, you've mentioned a couple times, mm-hmm. and I feel like you're pretty serious about it, and it's a pretty cool idea. So why don't you tell us about the bar as you envision it? The bar, yeah. There's there a little bit of background on this. I, as a kid, I grew up creating like restaurant menus and coming up with different theme restaurants. And when I was fresh out of film school, I worked for this guy. We started the a sort of an early streaming video company that was really for more retailers. Like you would stream a 
how-to video related to something you might see on Home Depot. This was really early in the game, so that was doomed to failure. But he bought us a book one Christmas as a present that was called The Experience Economy. And it talked about things like, you know, paying more to go see a movie because it's the experience you're going for. Why are hot dogs at Disney World more expensive and you're okay with it more or less because you're enjoying this experience, right? And Apple is a good example. And this is before Apple had retail stores uh, or, or as they were just starting to come online. And, you know, that's the whole idea behind Apple is creating this great customer experience. And so a lot of what I was thinking about in terms of the theming actually was driven by the desire to make a better bar in general. Uh, Not just a better bar, but also a better venue, because this is a bar and a venue. There's a a club, or or actually a place in in L.A., in Los Angeles, on Hollywood Boulevard called I.O. West. And it's got three little theaters, but the main one is actually connected to a bar. You can walk in the door off the street, and just hang out in the bar if you want, or you can go see a show. There's like a little box office and all this. And the original idea was to have something like that. You have a bar that has this cool theme, and then you have a venue, and the venue has production capabilities. So if you're a a comic and you go in there, there's actually a three-camera setup, two of which are automated, that's going to capture you, so you can actually look like you're having this sort of, you know, Comedy Central special going on, even if there's only like eight people in the audience. But the bar part, I think, is really fun because there's if you walk into any bar right now, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to be able to see sports on the TV. Um, once in a while, if you're lucky, you know, I mean, there's there's like what cereal bars that'll play, you know, cartoons or something um, or, or bars like my favorite that doesn't have a TV. Yeah, exactly. That's even better. Well, and there's one here in town that has a video feed of what's going on downstairs. It's like a three-story bar. So you see this video feed of what's downstairs where there's usually music playing. Um, so my idea was, well, what if you went into this bar and it was it was for geeks? And, you know, I've talked about geek artifacts in, in terms of Planet Hollywood, but with Silicon Valley artifacts. So an original Palm Pilot or an Apple IIc or even just box software and video games and stuff from our youth, my youth, you know, my brother's youth, who's a Generation Y kid, um, and put those things up there. And then on, you know, the televisions would be playing either science fiction or anime or People playing video games, you would have rooms that it there would be like karaoke rooms, but also with games in them. So you could go and you could play Xbox or whatever, uh, you know. And then one of the things that I love, I've seen this, it's a beautiful piece of equipment. And it's a, an RFID powered beer tap, but they put a whole line of them up in a bar. So you go to the bartender and you have to show your ID and you get this little tag that's tied to your tab. And you can go up and you can pour, I think it's, I mean, whatever two full beers would be, 16 ounces, 20 ounces, whatever. Um, but it just adds up. So you could go and get like a quarter of a cup out of each, you know, if you had eight of these taps, you could go get a bunch of different sips out of each one, basically, until you fill that up. So you could try all the different beers. Yeah, uh, they should connect those to like a Fitbit so it can tell when you fall over <laughs> so it knows when to cut you off. Cause that is the one perk of having a bartender. Well, that's, that, that's the thing though, is that you have well, to go no, up I and you have I to I shouldn't say it. that's the one perk. There are some really cool bartenders. There's other t- perks, but the, the idea is that you have to go up and tap it. It, it, uh, you know, opens up the tap for you and then it cuts you off after X amount, you know, what, what a ki- would be the equivalent of two beers. Okay. But the idea is that you could just have a, a few shots of each one and try gotcha. it, you know. So yeah, but you know, so it's things like that. How many how many bars have you been into that have what's called a touchless bathroom? And you usually see those in an airport right. because they're trying to prevent you know bird flu from spreading and that sort of thing. But you never see that in a bar. So why not you know bring that up and and it, it extends to so many things. I mean, I'm surprised that more bars don't have uh, loyalty programs. I mean, geez. Of all the businesses that should have those, it should be a bar. Yes. 
you know, and so, and why not have a leaderboard? So it's, you know, it's like, this is the guy who's earned, it's a totally opt-in, obviously, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah. alcoholism and loyalty are different things. <laughs> but of course, the, the, one of the beauties of this is that you would have a lot more than just alcohol. Like that's almost a sideline. Um, my, my philosophy behind the whole thing is while we say geek bar, what I really mean is like anything you geek out in, on. Um, if that makes sense, you know, the stuff that you're really passionate about, uh, because that's really what a geek is. It's someone who's geeking out on homebrewing beer, uh, you know, tabletop games, uh, video games, writing, uh, making music, doing comedy, doing magic, you know, all of those things. And you have essentially the center where in most communities, there's just not a, a space available for say magic or ventriloquism. And yet what's interesting is that because of the internet, because of social networking, people who are into these things are finding the resources and being able to get into them. There actually was a, a cool story a few days ago about how the like international ventriloquism whatever is like having their big powwow. And they've always had this thing for youth. So I think it's 15 and under, 18 and under, whatever. And they've always had a hard time filling up the 10 spots. Now they're actually having to turn people away from those because they're filling up the 10 spots so quickly. Nice. And, you know, I mean, puppets, all of these things, you know, there's just a lot of stuff, I think, in a lot of different communities that is underserved because it doesn't, quote unquote, scale. And it really, this bar, in essence, is if you took Chris Anderson's concept of the long tail and made a business around it that's also a local watering hole and venue space, that's what this is appealing to. Okay, but the long tail doesn't work very well for single establishment. Well, I guess what I'm wondering is, you've obviously given this some thoughts, so when you think about, say, marketing, how do you market a space that's supposed to be something for everyone? Yep. How do you, so, how do you differentiate that? So the cool thing about all of this is that now more than ever, you can get metrics and you can get data. And so what you do is you basically tailor your content within certain scope. Okay. So I could say games. So we'll have a games night. Okay. Uh, typically, and the, the data, again, we would have to beta test this in, in different areas if we were franchising this, let's say. But, you know, let's say Tuesday, Wednesday nights are best nights for game nights. Okay, so we do board games early in the night or do we do board games later in the night? Do we do video games? You know, all of those aspects we can then uh, plug in because the whole thing is actually driven off of membership. Uh, you, you have to be a member in order to enter. Now, the membership is like a dollar a year. It's, it's, it's pretty much nominal. It's like the Star Wars fan club you know, back in, in the eighties or whatever. Um, I think they still exist. Yeah, exactly. But that's where like your leaderboard, all this other stuff, stuff can come in. But what we're doing is we're trying to get information from people to figure out how to tailor that. But it, what it boils down to is having theme nights. So you have a movie night, you have a game night, you have a comedy night, you have a, a variety night. And that's another thing too, that we're seeing a lot of is variety is coming back. I mean, there's, two or three shows here in my little town, but I've seen all over the country uh, vaudeville type shows where you have burlesque, you have, you know, comedians, you have uh, musicians all getting up in one two hour block. And people are funny, you know, I mean, they've, they pay 12 bucks for a ticket. They feel a lot better about it if they're getting three or four different acts. So is it more like uh, open mic or more um, like talent show? You know, the beauty of that is, is that you, you can do both of those things. What we've found in, in just doing some of the things here, like I'm involved in a couple of open mics and you can have an open mic section and then you basically take a, a break and then you can have a featured comic actually come in. So that's one of the things too, is that my driving purpose and thinking of a bar that does more than just serve drinks is to say, what can you be doing with that like almost 24 hours a day and have that in use that amount of time? So you have open mic early, you know, from 6 p.m., you know, for happy hour, basically. And then after that, you actually would have a featured comic come in or, you know, watch a 
a comedy movie or something like that. But th- that's that's the beauty of it is that you can open this up for community use and you can then have featured entertainment as well. Oh, and late night Illuminati meetings. <laughs> closed, closed door. Always. Because it reminds me, like it reminds me of, we have, uh, it's a VFW lodge here. And they they rent out their space for all kinds of crazy stuff. And everyone has to advertise their own thing there. You're basically, you're just using the space, but it, it's become kind of like a community center. Yeah. Because you can see everything from talent shows to comedians to bands. And people have their meetings there, AAs there three times a week. And yeah. And you, know, you don't, <laughs> see, that's the and thing don't, is that you, don't discount AA meetings at a bar because the first <sighs> one I ever went to was in a bar that had recently become not a bar. But well, it, was, it was where everyone was very at home. That's, you know, that's actually something that I've thought about in terms of longer term, because I, I do feel like we're losing some of that. I don't know what it is, but I grew up and I remember where there was a civic center and people would go and use the civic center here in Knoxville. We used to have a, a space downtown that had meeting rooms. Um, and they weren't, I mean, they weren't fancy. This was before you needed Wi-Fi and that sort of stuff. But all they were were meeting rooms and you could partition the rooms to have, you know, kind of multiple configurations. But the point is, is that that was paid for by ta- local taxes and any community group, any nonprofit could register to use one of the rooms at some point. Those got turned into luxury condos. <laughs> um, and there's just not a lot of resources like that. So, there's a longer vision of this, which says, you know, once you build this entertainment hub, then you can have space that's for things like an incubator space for businesses, a maker space for actually making stuff. Um, and believe it or not, a lot of those are supplemental to something like a bar and a venue because, you know, what happens after work or, you know, it's, it's 9 p.m. And these guys at the incubator have been working for 14 hours straight. Right. They want to go blow off steam, maybe see a show, maybe have a drink, maybe play some arcade games from their youth, you know. Um, and, then, and then it's, you know, and then it's two in the morning and they're like, oh, crap, we need to prototype this this gear. Oh, there's a makerspace downstairs. Go down here. I mean, this is all possible. It's like I, my philosophy is why have a mall where you go buy crap? Why not have a mall where you go make crap, you know? Um, and, you know, and so start with the entertainment side of things. Uh, but eh, that's 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 the longer term vision. There's a there's a thing in uh, Arizona called Gangplank HQ that has already started doing this. And it's a they actually work with the local city uh, government and say, look, this space is just like I was talking about. It's like a civic center, a municipal space. It's not co-working, but you could go there and you could hang out, use the Wi-Fi and whatnot. You know, it's, it's, it's a very community center oriented type thing, but it's more geared towards professionals and people starting businesses. Um, and then they come in and mentor others. It's a really, really cool thing. I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Yeah, do that. All right. Well, that is a huge vision. I wish you the best of luck with it. It sounds like it, it could be really cool if you can scope the whole thing. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you in advance. We're not there yet, but did you remember to get three top picks? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'm going to do our second sponsor, and then we'll get down to some top picks. All right. So HostGator.com is a premier web hosting and domain name provider. If you're planning to build a website, HostGator can help you get started with monthly hosting plans, one-click installs, and other features that make getting your site up and running easy. If you are a more advanced user or a business, HostGator can take care of you with reseller plans, VPS, and dedicated servers. HostGator guarantees 99.9% uptime no matter your size or needs. You'll love their one-click installs and optimized hosting performance for WordPress and other platforms. When you host with HostGator, you get unlimited disk space and bandwidth. They have free site builder tools that are easy to use, but if you find yourself needing any help, they have 24-7 support to ensure everything is running smoothly. Head on over to HostGator.com to learn more. And when you decide to purchase, don't forget to use the coupon code DANSENTME5 and get 30% off of everything. Oh, I just fidgeted and I hit the little lever on my chair that makes it drop down. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that was that was rude awakening. 
Okay, I'm almost back up. Okay, hey, how's it going? I'm back. I'm back. And we're back with weather. So we do we we do uh we do the top three back and forth, you've probably heard. Mm-hmm. Um so would you like to start with your first pick? Uh yeah, and I'm I'm gonna do apps if that's all right. That's totally cool. Okay. I, I wish I listened to the uh the episode with Dalton and I was I was thinking, man, music would be great, but then I don't I don't have Spotify anymore and I don't have radio anymore. And I've been listening to Pandora's like chill out channel only on my Mac because you can't do that on the mobile if you don't pay for it or whatever. So I'm pretty boring with my music. I just bought an Are album you a chill today. Out guy, I I have to be because I'm trying to put the music. I have a I run all my sound through a 300 watt Fender amplifier okay. in my office. So. <laughs> This is part of the equipment store, so I'm, I'm like, hey, if it's not rented out, I'm <clears throat> let me use it. But uh, it's great for my electric bill. And um, so I'm sitting here. I play music really loud, so I need music to not get in my way. Uh, so yeah, the chill out channel happens to work out really well. But uh, yeah, um, I can tell you the album that I bought today though is the Iron Horse. Uh, the album is called The Sound Defects, right? I haven't heard that one. Yeah, that one's good. Um, but anyway, as far as three apps, I just moved a couple of apps to my home screen, as a matter of fact. So I'll start with the number one thing, because I'm in the process of trying to make and or break some habits. And I've tried a whole bunch of stuff. And the one thing that I'm finding slowly, I'm a hard nut to crack when it comes to making and breaking habits, but... I'm using Lyft more often than not now. Tell me about it because I'm not sure what that is. Okay, so Lyft, what's, they're an interesting story. They started off, uh, I was not enthused about the app because if you didn't have a network connection, it would not bring up the interface. This is a native app, and you would launch it, and it would be like, I can't find anything. <laughs> it's sort of like, okay, sort of defeats the purpose of having an app. But um, and, and what you do is you launch it, you say, here's, uh, you know, I want to do yoga every day. And you launch it the next time, hit the thing, hit OK, I did it, and that's it. It gets out of your way. Over time, it tracks and says, you know, this is the 18th time or this is the fourth day in a row or whatever. And there are hundreds of lists that are public. So you can join up. Like, I'm on several public ones. One is uh, be more positive. One is drink water every day. Try to drink more water. And that's a nice, loose goal to just get in the habit of drinking more water as opposed to, you know, drink 20 ounces and then trying to measure it and all this other crap. So you can you can kind of tune it to whatever works for you. You know, if it's jog three miles every day because you're training for something, you can do that and you can make it public or you can join one. Um, I'm on a couple with Marshall Kirkpatrick and like other people who follow me. So there's a social component and you can, you know, try to follow along with other people or you can just ignore that. So it, it, it really fits any way you use something like that. And I think it's a good motivator in general. I'm looking at the site right now. It, it and, looks like what you described. So I won't yeah, go into well, detail. What's cool is that the site they've, they've now said, look, we're not going to do, you know, a windows eight or a web OS or a, you know, whatever, a TI 88 version, just go to the website and the the website on mobile actually works pretty much just like the the app. So the app is fully native now and will cache your information. That's the only advantage that you're getting and maybe some nice, you know, animations and whatnot. But that's the only uh, advantage. Nice. Cool. Um, I, uh, I've been trying to – I just got a Fitbit. Oh. Because I'm trying to get myself – to be more consistent because I got a, a, a treadmill at my desk. Yeah. A desk mill. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been doing really well, like lost a good amount of weight and, and get on it every day, but I only track my results for the current day. And then I remember the couple days before that, but looking at like a full week, I can't quantify how many of my goals I've achieved. So that's what I'm hoping the Fitbit's going to do for me. It sounds like it's along those same lines. Yeah, well, follow me on the, add me on your Fitbit. 
Okay. That then sounds can, embarrassing, but we we can compete with each other. And I'm not a competitive guy, but I'll add you anyway. <laughs> Might inspire me. I'm not either, but Chris Herbert a- added me. It was just my mom and I was uh, we were neck and neck. And then uh, another a former student of mine added me and he was about as bad as I was, but then Chris came along and now he's trouncing everybody. Does that inspire you? Does it make it, you want it, to grow your it, flower? It actually does. It actually, when I see, because the problem is if my benchmark are other couch potatoes like me, which I'm not really a couch potato. It's just that, yeah, I, I got stuck sitting at the desk for hours, just zoning in on work. And now I have a treadmill about five feet away with an iPad sitting on it, ready to go at any time. Yeah. That helps. That does help. I I would never get on a treadmill if it wasn't if if my 27-inch monitor weren't behind it. Although it, being on the treadmill has gotten me out to walk in the real world more too. Something something clicks. Yeah. Synergistic. What's what's a good uh buzzword for corporate speak for um exercise synergy exergy? No, that's a real word. Um, isn't it exergy? I don't know. I'm an English. That sounds major. like a real word. It's in my dictionary file, but I don't. It doesn't show up in iOS dictionary. I'm probably wrong. I make words up all the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, great pick. All right. I think I'll do an app for my first pick too, which will be oh, Steady Tune. You play guitar at all? You play stringed instruments at all? Uh, I used to. Okay. Um, do you do you ever tune one anymore? Uh, yes. Okay. What do you use? Uh, I actually use the little crappy like digital tuner that came with my daughter's guitar. That's ridiculous. It is. Um, it's cause terrible. There's a there's a couple good ones on iPhone and things like Guitar Toolkit. And uh, and even GarageBand have built-in tuners that are pretty good, especially if you have a jack, if it's an electric or you have a, a an acoustic electric. But there's a new app out from Agile Partners called SteadyTune that runs on the Mac, and it sits in your menu bar, and you just tap the icon. I wrote about this on Tua. It was my biannual post. Um, but when you click the little icon in the menu bar, it pops up a, a fairly large tuner that you can see from a distance and then as you tune it you can set whatever input you want uh to listen on uh probably your you know built-in mic or whatever and you hit your your string and it glows green and red to show you uh whether you're on pitch or not and then it's got the typical scale to show you you know sharp flat and it's extremely accurate it's it's probably one of the most accurate ones i have found and it's fast and easy and it's not expensive. I think it's like, hold on. I'm going to go to tuaw.com. I think it's like $4.99. Yeah, I looked yeah, at that that's one. What I was it was really to say. nice. It was $4.99. But I'm loading up. Yes, $4.99. That's what I wrote on Tua. That's what I read. <laughs> it's working. Um, that one reminded me of the uh, in middle school band, the, and, and it, they actually have an app, uh, but it's the old school that like used to rotate, and as it would come in tune, the like things would line up and start to cycle, so that it all the little bars would line up. It's hard Frequencies, to explain, yeah, yeah, but it was um, really cool. Old I school. should mention that this app also handles just about every stringed instrument I personally can imagine: guitars, basses, mandolins. Uh, ukuleles, nice twelve-string guitars, and you can set uh, from like twenty different tunings you can pick, aside from just E A D G B E. Anyway, anyway, that's my first pick. Okay. So your second one, my second pick is an app called Thirty Thirty, and it's like thirty slash thirty. Um. Now that I think about it, I'm not exactly sure where that comes from, but it's essentially like a modification of the Pomodoro technique in in terms of thinking in terms of like 30 minute chunks. Okay, yeah. So 
30-minute chunks to do things. And what you do is you create a task list, and each item has a default time of 30 minutes. But you can go in, you can change those, you can uh, change an icon, you can change the little color of the thing. And what's cool is that it's sort of like Clear, which is another one of my favorites, but if you can imagine Clear having a timer built in, and then as you as things time out, it moves to the bottom of the list, or you can scratch it out, or whatever you want to do. But uh, and you can also add my five minutes or subtract five minutes. And by setting this up in advance, what I've been doing is I'm actually setting up the sort of like these are the time blocks that I have allotted to do certain things. So in the morning, I have an hour of personal time to do some you know yoga or stretching and. Uh, all my biological imperatives for the day and whatnot. And then in the morning, a couple of hours of this amount of, you know, doing these kinds of things. And then I do email and that's like a 30 minute block of time. Right. And, and so on. And also, so like if I'm going through, I hit the play on this, I can hit pause. If I get interrupted, I can hit pause on it. And so it just handles a lot of different kind of, use cases for me more so than a lot of the other things I've been, I had been using. So this is interesting. It's a free app, Mm -hmm. which has an impressive 2,908 ratings and a four and a half star average, which is outstanding. Yes. Um, and, and lucky in some cases, but they (laughs) it's free and they make their, um, their, their, their premium model is selling icons. How does that work? Yeah, there's there's little icon packs. Uh, like I said, I've got for in the morning, I put a little basketball next to personal health, you know, the like yoga or whatever in the morning I choose to do. But if I go in here, I can choose a, a paw or a Facebook icon. I got free a holiday one that has like a butcher thing, a hockey what, mask. What holiday is the butcher? It's uh, Halloween, like an Easter oh, egg. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a gravestone, uh, Valentine's stuff. Yeah, you know, a snowflake. Oh, okay. And, you know, which is silly, right? But he's making money. I think he was charging a couple of bucks before. But in-app purchases become so prevalent. Convenient. Yeah, and convenient. I mean, you know, but people just won't try it if there's any barrier to entry whatsoever. Right. So, but 3030 is a good one. Okay, cool. Um, I have my in-app purchases. You don't realize how much you're spending until you get the iTunes receipt. I think I've put in like, uh, I think $20 into Prisma Drop in the last two weeks. (laughs) Sad. And once I see that, I stop. I'm on like survival mode now, one time at a time. (laughs) Anyway, that's why I don't play games. I, yeah, I didn't used to play games. Then <laughs> I got an iPhone and an iPad. And that's I'm all still, they're good for. I'm still really into Super Monsters Ate My Condo, but I stopped talking about it because I've been into it so long that it's embarrassing at this point. <laughs> One uh, wonders how many of these people will play in, in 10 years, uh, or even how the hell they'll play them, frankly. But, uh, you know, I just don't see people talking about Candy Crush in, in 10 years like we do Mario or 30 or years for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, board games, board games have a certain timeless. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like the original Nintendo system was maybe the last one that had real like classic longevity. In like uh, cult circles. Yeah. Not cult, but. Niche. Niche. Yeah. All right. All right. So my second pick, I think I'm going to go with pins for pinboard. Oh, it's it's a little kind of notational velocity slash simple note esque app for your pinboard bookmarks. And it gives you like this instant search, a lot like like working in simple note or notational velocity where you just start typing in the search field and it narrows your list down as you type like a type ahead kind of thing. And um, it makes it really easy not only to find the bookmarks, but it has like a readability thing built in. So you can view the text of the page right inside of pins without even having to open your browser. 
really great for quick reference. And then of course you can pop it open in your browser and uh, it needs a little polish. There's a few things like, like for example, command a, when you're in the, uh, in the search field, I'm used to like when I want to delete, I don't have a uh, muscle memory for hitting command delete. I always hit command a delete. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't work. Like it is some basic like shortcuts and things don't work in it. But overall for, I think uh two ninety nine. It's an amazing app for working with Pinboard. Oh, that that sounds like a great one. Yeah, I just recently really started using Pinboard uh, heavily. What I've been doing was saving stuff to Instapaper, I think, and then just having it archive on there. But I've I've kind of used been using Pinboard more directly recently. Me too. I mean, I've always used it. Um, like I stopped using native browser bookmarks long ago. Um. I, like I, I bookmark everything to Pinboard, but I've really gotten into using all of Pinboard's extra features lately, and uh, I love it. I think it was one of my top picks last week or the week before. I don't remember. I can't be expected to remember these things. <laughs> but yeah. All right, my third app. Yes, this is a, a dark horse. Although I mean, you know, thirty thirty is not that well known, but uh, I love finding the stuff that like nobody knows about. And this is, I think this pretty well qualifies. I met this developer, the kid's like 17 years old uh, from Canada. And he was at WWDC on a student scholarship. And the name of the app is Musi, M-U-S-I. Okay. And I have been using it. I had, like I said, I've, I don't lo- no longer have Spotify or, radio and this is going to irritate my musician friends but i don't care because i'm cheap and i still buy albums like i i still i buy cds and i buy stuff on itunes music store but i've been using musi and i've advocated it to my daughter who i had a radio subscription for her so she could just listen to whatever you know she wanted to whenever well musi basically eliminates that need what it does is it pulls from YouTube and it loads in the worst, the lowest bandwidth video in the background and just plays. And so it's basically like your own music player, but you're going through YouTube. So if it's not on YouTube, you won't be able to play it. If it's in some weird funky format that YouTube can't transcode, you know, for the iPhone, then it won't work either. But most of the time, and especially for popular music, I found all kinds of stuff and you can make your own playlists on here. Yeah, I think I was with you or you showed this to me either way. I was showing it to you. Yeah. And he's, he's revamped the interface a little bit, but it's a very iOS seven look too. I mean, the kids gifted it with both code and design, which is a nice, nice trick. Yeah, no, I like this. Um, I've actually, a lot of times if I can't find, if I'm on my Apple TV and I can't find a song in my library, I've often found it on YouTube. Yeah. And if it's just the album cover while it plays the song in the background. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. He goes from, oh, it's alphabetical, okay. Death Cab for Cutie and Gorillaz, and then the next screenshot is Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift and Chris Brown. <laughs> hey, he knows his market. <laughs> that works. Cool, and that one's free too. You are a cheapskate, aren't you? I am a cheapskate. Yeah. Well, you know, it's weird how many uh, my my daughter and my son seeing them really grow up with the app store um, to the point where they are doing using their devices in ways that I never had really thought about. My son figured out a lot of the assistive technology because he was bored and he was just poking around and trying things out. Um, and now he has to use it because his home button's broken on his iPod Touch. So that was like pretty clever that he was, you know, kind of educating himself. But uh, like Musi's one I told my daughter about, but she got me turned on to this other one called that's uh, I can't remember what it is now. But they they used a similar technology in this note taking app that I reviewed, and I just thought it was hilarious because this is the most ridiculous app. Yeah, it's uh, your use your handwriting gold which is a ridiculous app. Uh, it basically does like neon chalk drawings. <laughs> it's, it's essentially the black velvet painting note-taking app. 
Okay. And what's clever is that as you write with your finger, it scroll keeps scrolling to the right. So you can do handwriting that doesn't look all crappy. It shrinks down and actually looks really elaborate and it looks kind of cool. And that's what my daughter uses for a to-do app. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it's not not too far off from using like notes app as your to-do list. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It just looks cute. Looks like a, a rainbow unicorn did it. Well, I'm downloading Musi after this podcast because it looks actually really handy, even if you do pay for music. Which no one should. No, no, I'm just kidding. I pay for Spotify. I, I, I like the. I don't even remember what I get for paying for Spotify. Oh, well, you, mobile like, playback. Yeah. Yeah, and and ad free and and offline playlists and whatever it is. I I remember thinking I like this. I'm going to pay for it. So I started paying for it, and I haven't looked back. It's worth it. I use Spotify all day, every day. But so I can't make your- a comparison to radio or RDO or whatever because I used RDO for like a day. <laughs> and I, I don't know it well enough to say there's a reason that I chose Spotify. It was just a matter of convenience and I stuck with it. It's Pepsi and Coke, believe me. <laughs> Except for Coke is so much better. Well, see, there you go. You're a Spotify man then. <laughs> Coke, Spotify. Got it. Um, all What's right, your so third app? My third pick, I think, is going to be, I'm torn here, but I'm going to go with Delish since I'm on a pinboard roll here. <laughs> Have you seen Delish? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's a $15 app, which is pretty pretty high for a bookmarking app in today's market, but it's really beautiful. And it takes, it works with Pinboard and it works with other things as well. But I use it with Pinboard and it downloads thumbnails of all of my bookmarks and then allows me to quickly search, tag, edit, and open them. And I've been hacking around with it and every XML file that it stores, it's, they're plist files. Um, and you can open them and you can add like finder thumbnails for them. And you can basically make it do more of what Weblaw does. And Weblaw is another cool app, W-E-B-B-L-A. But, um, but Delish is, is my current pick for that genre of bookmark management. And I don't use it all day, every day. But I do when I'm looking for a bookmark. Or I want, if I want to see like everything that I've tagged, say, jQuery... And I want to see all the cool plugins that I've kind of just bookmarked and with, without trying out yet. I can just type in jQuery in the search box and flip to the tag and um, see like thumbnails of all the sites, which aren't all that exciting for like GitHub sites. But um, but it does make it really easy to flip through and see what I was looking in chronological or alphabetical order. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Did you see my did you see my video of uh running a shell script that added uh, uh, thumbnail screenshots to all of my delish bookmarks. That sounds like something that would be flagged as pornography. So <laughs> no, <laughs> this was safe. This was okay. Safe. Um, I'll, I'll link that video in the show notes cause it's kind of amusing and it has really bad audio. I just, I, <laughs> I recorded it reason. through my 27 inch displays built in microphone Oh, which geez. went horribly, but, but all that aside, it's for me, humorous to watch. <laughs> it wasn't intended to be funny. I should be clear that it was not a comic video. It just was, um, amusingly nerdy. Anyway, anyway. Um, all right. So let me do our third sponsor and then I have a couple last questions and then we'll wrap up. Sure thing. All right, so our third sponsor today is Shutterstock. And at Shutterstock, you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. 
You can choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. And if you need just one image for your blog or a mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new because they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. You can download any image at any size and pay only one price. You can easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search on the web or with their iPad app. There's also something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, then get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips should you need any of those. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you can, you can get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have a 24-hour support during the week. They also There's no A in there. They also have 24-hour support during the week. 24-hour support. Sign up for a free browse account. Uh, go to Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME7 and get 30% off of any package. Did you know that while I read sponsor scripts, I do disco dance moves? Do you? I do. I'm doing like that, like where you lock your fingers together and do the wave. (laughs) And a little bit of Saturday night fever going on here. Um, I don't know why I do that. I think I, I hear the cadence in my voice and it just makes me want to dance. I'm sure everyone has the same reaction. I know I'm the same way. <laughs> okay, so quick question. What's your favorite joke right now? Something uh, clean in a relative sense. Something clean in a relative sense? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, there was there was no end to the comedy on Twitter regarding the royal birth today. Well, did that happen today? But that wasn't anything I could probably quote here. Yeah, probably not. Um, I want to say there was something that a that Mike Kaplan did recently. That see, I'm bad for remembering specific jokes. I'm not sure why that is. And then I I could not tell you a joke right now. Yeah, I can't. Well, and you know, a lot of the comedians now don't do jokes. Per se, but I've always been bad. Like growing up, I would read the you know Reader's Digest joke of the day or whatever, and yeah. I couldn't remember it. I just I don't know. My brain can't absorb jokes. I hear funny stuff, and then I move on. Oh, I tell you one thing that I did find that was funny: the the whole song is worth listening to, but it is riddled with cursing, and that is Neil Hamburger's song about recycling. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and the uh, Jim Dalrymple posted a link to. Uh, Rogan's uh, devolution rant. Did you hear that? Yes. Yes. That was pretty good. But uh, so there's two olives sitting on top of a wall when the wind picks up and one of them blows off the wall and the other one rolls over to the edge and he looks over and says, Hey man, you okay? And the other one looks up and says, I'll live. See, (laughs) I can't do those. I'm just, I'm no good. I could do like six in a row now, but that's because they're. It's like the elephant book. You ever read that? Yeah. Um, I used to be able to recite the entire elephant book from memory. <laughs> what, how do elephants hide in trees? They paint their toenails red. How do they hide in cherry trees? They paint their toenails red. Have you ever seen an elephant in a cherry tree? See, it works. Um, <laughs> so anyway, on Twitter, you are. Oh wait, one other question. Yeah. What is your favorite magic trick? And follow up. How do you do it? Scratch the follow-up. Hmm. Just what's your favorite magic trick? May, favorite magic trick? That you perform. What's, what's oh. one that you, Actually, either way. Favorite one to watch, favorite one to perform. Um, well, I'll go ahead and tell you. My favorite one to watch was one that we saw live. Uh, it was the, the Penn and Teller. It was yeah. when Teller did the goldfish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one, uh, although it's probably tied with the balloon, uh, the big, the ball that would like follow him around. Although I found out how that was done, so it lost a little <laughs> magic. But, um, but literally, the, the, yeah, there's actually two I would have to say that tie for first place in, in terms of performing. I've had people freak out with both of them. Uh, one is, involves cards, and without giving too much away, essentially, Two people choose cards that then 
out of these just little four packets or four card packets. And those cards end up switching places. And those are the only choices they really had the whole time. Like they're the only types of that kind of card in either packet. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's pretty wild. But there's another one that I do. I can't take it with me because it requires that I have a knife. Um, <laughs> but I, I have done it here locally at some fundraisers and it really freaks people out. It's where I stab myself with the, in the finger and bring out some blood, and then I turn that blood into a live ladybug. That I would like to see sometime. Yeah, it's, it, it happens like, right, it's not like a stage effect either. This is like right there in front of your eyeballs. The, the blood comes out of my finger, and then I rub it into my finger, and a ladybug flies, out, like, flies onto your hand or whatever. It's pretty weird. If I buy you a knife next summer in San Francisco, <laughs> can you do this for me? Sure. <laughs> cool. All right. So on Twitter, you are super pixels. That's right. And on app.net, you are super pixels. Yep. And you can find your personal website at superpixel.com. That's right. And you are, of course, on the unofficial Apple weblog at tuaw.com. As and, much as possible. Or www.tuaw.com because AOL loves putting the www on everything. That's right. I think I'm actually required to do that on AOL tech sites. Um, <laughs> even on brand new ones, except we just launched, uh, we launched central.gadget.com. Didn't have to put the dub 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 on that. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, um, I think that's the show. Well, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time. And I am Brett Terpstra. I am TT Scoff everywhere. And you can find me at brettterpster.com. Feel free to ask questions and send feedback via the uh, form on 5x5.tv. And check the show notes for links for all of today's picks and other mentions in the episode. We'll see everybody in a week. <laughs>